And I try to convince people to slow down, slow down AI, to regulate AI. This was futile. I tried for years. This seems Nobody like a listened. scene in a movie Nobody where listened. the robots are going to fucking take over and you're freaking me out. Nobody listened. Nobody listened. No one. Are people more inclined to listen today? It seems like an issue that's brought up more often over the last few years than it was maybe five, ten years ago. It seemed like science fiction. Maybe they will. So far they haven't. Many of you may recognize that as the interview with Joe Rogan and Elon Musk and Elon talking about the dangers of AI and he goes into his plan to counteract the growing threat that AI is presenting. I'm going to delve into that on this episode of The Seeker Podcast and uh, so much more, the coming singularity and the threat that it poses to us. You don't want to miss this show. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain. But you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Secret Podcast with Sixth Sense Media and Service of Change. It's the show that challenges reality, questions that which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change, making the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural. Once again, that's what we aim to do on this episode of The Seeker Podcast. My head is hurting from trying to process everything that I've come across this week. Things are unfolding now in the mainstream media that was once the talk of fringe and conspiracy, quote, wackos. We're now seeing credible science-minded people talking about science fiction type things as a reality. Not 100 years from now, it's happening right now. I don't even know where to begin with this show. I had that opening from Elon Musk and Joe Rogan's interview, just that very short piece there. I just listened to it five times, just that tiny portion right there. That That's terrifying, listening to Elon Musk and the way he's saying, I tried to warn people for years, no one would listen. And Joe Rogan says, you're freaking me out, man. And that's that's how I feel when I listen to that. Now, I know, I know they were smoking some weed and stuff on there. Maybe that added to Elon's tone. And del- but he, I mean, he if he was trying to scare you, he certainly scared me with the way he worded that. But I got to say, man, I, I agree. And, and I'm no Elon Musk, but by doing this show, by writing the books, by talking to people, I feel like the same thing. Like I've been trying to warn people for years. Nobody listens. I put stuff up, you know, on, on my threads. I, I, I say things, you know, when I'm out in, in different social settings and, and nobody bites on it. I shared that Elon Musk video. I got one or two people that commented on it. And it, the rest, it just crickets. I mean, and my statement was heavy. And I don't usually do this on my personal page. But my statement on my Facebook page was flat out, hey, I think this is one of the greatest threats to humanity. It's going to happen in our lifetime. And people just, and, and I get it. it. Like we get sucked into the mundane, the every single day, you, you know, go to work, do your chores, Go grocery shopping, make your meals, see your friends, call your family. Like, it's so easy to get wrapped up in the distractions that are out there that we fail to see the things that are happening right before our eyes until it's too late. 
I don't know if it's necessarily. I, it's, in some instances, I think it is necessary. Now, I mean, in, in necessary. I, th- I think it's intentional. This willful ignorance of I don't want to delve into that because that's going to change my paradigm and the way I view the world. That's impossible. Let me just label you as crazy instead. I don't care. Label me as crazy at this point because I see this coming, and the more it's getting harder for me to convince myself that I'm crazy or that I'm making this up or I have an overactive imagination. And I want to talk about that this evening and some other concerning things with multiple sources of data. And now I've, I've dove into this on multiple shows. It, this one feels different. The, the, the point I'm at after hearing Elon Musk's discussion, I know he just made an announcement um, with, with his company, Neuralink. I'll try to get to that this week as well. Um, we're merging. That, I mean, he's he's working on that, and <clears throat> I got some other things in the news I want to get to also. Let me let me backtrack a second before I jump into the meat and potatoes of this show. But back to what I was saying about sharing information, and it falls on deaf ears until it's like until the right source does or says something. Now, this stuff is all related. Let's talk. Let's talk about the UFO stuff for a minute. You have the New York Times and the Washington Post putting it out there. Hey, this is official. UFOs are real. Well, CNN did a piece recently. I just found this through social media. Some guy, I forget where he was, out in Las Vegas or somewhere. or somewhere. I'll share the link for you to review it on your own. But he was catching these UFOs, and all of a sudden, CNN has an interest in it. Now, when do they ever have an interest in it? Even They don't even like to go after people to debunk them. Well, uh, apparently they were going after this guy to, to discredit what he was saying. And he's showing them this video of these UFOs he's capturing. And they brought it to their expert. And the expert's going, I, I, I don't know what this is. I got nothing. So then CNN sets up their own cameras. At, on, he said he captured it you know, every day of the week between certain time frames. So he gave CNN the time frames. Like clockwork, CNN put their cameras out there. They captured the craft flying by. Now, the, the trick of it is, the craft is flying so fast that the human eye can't detect it. Think about that. That's maybe one of the reasons we're not seeing them, is they're going so fast that our eyes aren't perceiving them. That's amazing to me. So they captured this on camera, and they slowed it down, and there you see the craft going by in a predictable time frame each day, which is also interesting and significant. Now, CNN's putting it out there. They have their experts saying, I don't know what this is. This isn't a hoax. This is something, and we can't... It was an aviation expert, and we don't have craft that fly this way. So, we are being set up. They're, they're slowly, slowly laying the groundwork that there's something out there. Again, though, why isn't the president coming on? Why isn't why aren't people saying, okay, these are here. Here's what we've got. How can we make contact? Why aren't these questions being asked publicly? This is potentially one of the greatest public discoveries in modern history. And nobody's talking about how do we identify them, how do we contact them. You've got two of the stars who's doing their charade out there, and I do think a bunch of it's a charade right now. But we're not getting these questions from our public officials, from our congresspeople, 
from our elected officials. Nobody's asking these questions. It has the power to greatly alter the course of human history. And my fear is that that course is going to be utilized to manipulate our perceptions and our directions moving forward. So I'll have that shared in the show notes. Now, speaking of manipulation, Ray Davis, the uh, Six Sense Media co-founder, author of Anunnaki Awakening, he sent something my way just today. I'm going to share a New York Times article at SixSenseMedia.net and in the show notes. It's titled, PayPal Cuts Off Alex Jones' Infowars, Joining Other Tech Giants. PayPal has become the latest tech giant to cut off Infowars, the conspiracy website run by the white ring provocateur Alex Jones. Infowars was informed by PayPal on Thursday night they would have 10 business days to find a new payment processor. There's a little bit more in here. Um, I'll share it in the show notes so you can read the article on your own. They're obviously shutting Alex Jones down. They're going after his financials. They went after his social media outlets because I, I they're taking away his reach, which in turn his advertisers, his financial supporters are going to say, well, look, you can no longer reach your, your massive audience. It's no longer a good investment. And now they just took away his ability to even accept payment. Now, whether you agree with Alex Jones or not, now I feel like I sound like Alex Jones in saying this, this is legit a move against free speech. I don't agree with everything the man says. I don't like everything the man says. But by shutting him down this way, you're attacking free speech. Who is next? And I've said this before. Who is next? What's it going to take for you to realize, not you, I'm sorry, for us collectively to realize this is an attack on freedom of speech? Well, I don't like what he has to say, so I'm not going to say anything. Eventually, they're coming for you and me. And that's what's scary. Until we're all spitting out the party line. Excuse me, my phone's beeping in the background. I don't know what the answer is, my friends. But we need to do something. We need to find a solution to this before it gets even worse. If they can come after him, they can obviously come after us. Use the platforms we have. I'll say this again later, too. Use the platforms we have right now to develop something better, something safer, to protect that free speech. Free speech is allowing others who have opinions different than yours to express what they're thinking and feeling. Now, I understand, and I've talked about this before, it's a slippery slope because if you believe that what one person is saying has the power to ultimately create a ripple effect that's going to cause something very bad to happen or correction that's going to inconvenience your belief system significantly, where do you draw the line? I don't know. Let's take the pop that people like to target Islamic extremism. Where do you draw the line between practicing your belief in Islam and practicing extremism? Where do you draw that line in saying, well, we're going to shut you down, we're going to shut down your freedom of speech and religion because you're going to eventually breed people who hate our way of life and want to kill our people? It's a fine line, but it's still freedom of speech, and that's what this country was founded on, freedom of speech and expression. 
I'll leave that where it is, my friend. Something to sit on uh, and think about. I took a lot of notes. Something that I want to talk about uh, on this week's show as well. Um, we, we touched on Elon Musk. I'm going to come back to him as well. Truthstream has a, an awesome video out talking about will you worship the AI God? And Edward Reardon, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name, Reardon or Riordan, he's a remote viewer, a, a very talented remote viewer. He's got his own YouTube page. And he was, he was tasked with a target to view QAnon. Now, this resonates with a lot of the stuff that we've been covering. Now, I'm not up to speed on all the QAnon stuff, on, on who QAnon is. I do know they're tied into David Wilcox stuff, and it validates uh, you know, or it corroborates a lot of what Wilcox is talking about. And, and they're putting out the cabals going down, and they're coming after the pedophilia rings. And there's a secret base on Antarctica that's going to rewrite history. And, and all of this stuff... Um, you know, they're, they're allegedly supporting the resistance. They're pro-Trump. They're, um, you know, against the cabal that has been out there. Uh, again, I'm not too up on QAnon. I know Wilcock talks about it on, um, on Jimmy Church's platform. It ties into the Corey Good stuff. And you can go back and listen to other shows where I've dissected a bunch of that. And that's kind of what, what got me kicked off was this, this David Wilcock prediction. And let me recap here for those of you that are new to the show. And you can go back and listen. i got a whole playlist. I think there are up to 13 episodes right now um, through the SoundCloud feed. But David Wilcock is talking about his insiders and his sources, which, again, he doesn't really release them, which I'm very critical of. But what he's been saying probably for close to two years now is that um, his sources have been saying that they're coming after the cabal that many of these people in the cabal are involved in sex scandals, specifically human trafficking and pedophilia. And they're starting to take them down. Now, we are seeing the pedophilia coming down through the Catholic Church. We are starting to see, not start, we are seeing that happening right now. We're seeing that being exposed. We're starting to see some politicians go down, and you're seeing a lot of these people in Hollywood and executives um, being targeted for for sexual misconduct against women. Does that confirm that David Wilcox's information and his sources are one and the same, or accurate, or is it just a coincidence? I, I don't know yet. But before they really started coming after these people publicly, David Wilcox did say this was going to happen. Now, Okay, maybe that's true. And number one, if that is true, again, what's going on with these people, what's going on in this world is very sick, disgusting, and terrifying. What Wilcock and Corey Good are also talking about is the discovery in Antarctica, that there's ruins there, there's remains there, that there were bodies there that were non-human. And... These remains, these, these, these artifacts have a technology that is far more advanced than what we have today. Now, that sounds crazy, right? But what just got released through the To The Stars Academy from former Pentagon officials, Lou Elizondo, with top government scientists like Hal Putoff signed on to the team, credible people. UFOs are real. They're not ours. 
their technology is far more advanced than us. Does that corroborate the possibility that there is something down in Antarctica? The more you put these pieces together, a lot of it's circumstantial. The, com the connections, I'd say, were circumstantial, but they fit. There is more to this reality. There is more to this 6 o'clock news media that we get fed every night than meets the eye. And the problem is because we're not focused on it, we don't realize the impact that it has on our everyday lives, on the technology we have that keeps us downright enslaved. Here's my inner Alex Jones coming out. That keeps us enslaved to the 9 to 5 grind every week, every day, every month, every year, where we cannot focus on the inner work and the other things that we need to do to really thrive and, and exist here. Instead, we're just being drained slowly by this system. I know I sound doom and gloom, my friends. But this is what we're missing out on. This is what Dr. Greer talks about. The repression of this technology keeps the oil tycoons in power. That's one tiny piece of what's going on here or possibly going on here. Our ignorance to this, our lack of demand for this, allows them to continue to do what they do. It allows us to continue to stay divided, fighting amongst ourselves, creating movement after movement, fighting one another instead of understanding the system is dividing us so we're not focused on how the system is creating these frustrations in our life, putting us at a point of emotional triggers so we fight one another instead of understanding the system has designed our hardships and therefore we address that frustration on one another. Now, yes, there are many of us out there, all of us, are culpable, culpable of certain things. And we have to take ownership of that. It's not all the system's fault. But we can overcome those differences and those problems if we can focus on the common enemy that we have out there and demand certain things change. But we may not even have to demand it of the system. Again, there are techniques out there. Dr. Greer's CE5 to communicate directly. I haven't tried it yet. I've been talking about it for months. I'd like to try it. But apparently that's one way that we can have communion. Remote viewing. Again, documented, released through the government. This is real. And through many private organizations now can be used to communicate with what they're claiming are ETs or whatever this civilization is. We have a means to do it. Are we doing the work right now? Are we training ourselves to do that? Because what I suspect is coming down, I'm sorry, my friends, I feel like an angry preacher on the pulpit right now throwing the fire and brimstone at you, but I am legitimately concerned right now for our future. You heard Elon Musk. He's much smarter than me. He's putting, he's putting a man around the dark side of the moon, he just announced, okay? He's a smart guy. He has power. He has influence. He's concerned about this. A lot of top minds are concerned about this coming AI. Everything we're talking about from what I'm seeing now, the UFOs, the AI, the politics, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, everything is connected from the conspiracy up to the mainstream to religion to ancient history. It's all there and the pieces all fit. I keep saying this every week. I feel like a broken record. But there's something going on here. Now, you know that I... I I put stock in remote viewing data. And again, if you're new to the show, before you dismiss what I'm saying, um, 
go back and listen to my shows where I, number one, we've done experiments using remote viewing with, with all of us amateurs out there, and we got results. We did get results on the targets that I was putting out there. I'm going to get back into doing that as well. But there's good research out there um, that remote viewing is real and it works. Um, it's, it's a way of collecting data. Now, using my Intel experience, my limited Intel experience, but I have an understanding of how this stuff works, just because somebody remote views a target, you could have three or four people remote view the same target and get the same data. That doesn't mean we take that data and say, this is gold, this is it, this is what's happening. We take that data and we use that with other data that we can gather to try to verify that. So that's one piece of that data collection. When you're looking at all source intelligence, what other forms of intel do we have to corroborate these stories? So... We've got these testimonies from insiders. Some people have come public with it. We've got Freedom of, Rela uh, Freedom of Information Act releases of information. Does that sound right? I think I butchered that expression. You guys know what I'm saying. We have witness testimony and experiences of people who have been out there and experienced certain things. We've got what's called OSINT, open source intelligence, what's being put out there in the media. In some of this stuff, we can look at as precedents the ancient religious texts that have information contained within it, and we've got remote viewing data. All of those pieces and more. There's more stuff out there as well. That's what we need to put together. That's what I've been putting together. That's what a lot of you have been putting together. And they're all they're, what what's in common in those stories? And there's a lot. There's a lot. And what I'm seeing right now is. UFOs are real, are real. There's some kind of massive deception going on as to their origin, what the governments know about it, what their intentions are. AI is real. AI may be connected in some way, shape, or form to these UFOs. The singularity, if it's not already here, is coming. It's going to happen. It could pose a threat to humanity. It could become a great ally to humanity. We have to be open to that. It has the potential to be. But it's happening in our lifetime. The human mind is slowly being merged with the computer mind. That is happening as well. We are becoming, what do they call cybernetic organisms. You know, like in Terminators, cybernetic organism. We're being turned into that. Elon Musk said in that interview that your phone is already an extension of you. You want to know something? You look at your phone. You, you, that's part of your processing now. So this has already begun. Now, what's scary is that Elon Musk said a couple things. In the Joe Rogan uh, interview, he talked about, I wrote it down. He said, there's different scenarios. This AI could be good, could be bad. I wish I could talk as scary as him. He said, could be good, could be bad. But he says the safest way to deal with this, this growing threat of AI to prevent us from becoming obsolete, is to merge with it. And he flat out said, if you can't beat it, join it. Now, I wholeheartedly completely disagree with this. I'm scared of losing our humanity. 
and 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 you know I, I've been writing some stuff down about this. We have to make a choice. We have to make a choice before it's made for us. Do we want to enter the matrix and live in a video game ruled by an unknown god? Or do we want to find a way to escape the Truman Show that we're already in? Because by going Elon Musk's route, we're willingly entering the matrix for fear of the matrix taking us over or wiping us out. That's what we're looking at right now. So we're looking to go into the Matrix as co-creators, hopefully, as opposed to Skynet scorching the sky and capturing us and plugging our brains into a power plant and using us for whatever. Now, the piece that most people... Now, Elon Musk does talk about this, but a lot of people aren't talking about is that I believe we're already jacked in. We're already jacked in to a matrix or the matrix or some kind of virtual reality. And I've, I've talked about it a lot. I've written about it. It's in my book. I do, I do a great breakdown in Food for the Archons. We're already jacked in. So now I have to wonder, this new AI that's coming online, that's being born, that's being created... Is this something new? Or does this AI exist already in the universe? And is, has it already, is it slowly infiltrating our society to gain a deeper level of control? Or is this matrix that we're in something separate from this new infestation that's slowly creeping up, slowly, that's now rapidly emerging among us? I do believe that the best way to find freedom and liberation if we're already in some kind of virtual reality is not to jack into a deeper level of it. I think we really need to start focusing on imp- learning how to conduct things like remote viewing. So when we go to get our information, you can jack into the matrix and get the information that the AI allows you to have. Look at how they're filtering things. Look at how they shut down Alex Jones. Do you want that cabal in charge of the mind that you have, the access you have over information? Or do you want to be able to use a technique like remote viewing that, as far as we know, isn't regulated by that cabal or by that AI? It also, we can also use these abilities to enact things like healing and energy work. There's wonderful possibilities. Now, Elon Musk in that Joe Rogan interview, he talks about one of the reasons we can't compete with AI is because there's what he says is a bandwidth issue, meaning we can only process so much information in so much time. AI, thousands and thousands and thousands of times faster than we are. He's not wrong. Or is he? Now, I'm reminded of the work of Bob Monroe and his different, what he called, focus states. Now, I don't remember if it's focus 15 or focus 17. One of the altered states of consciousness that Bob Monroe talks about, he refers to as no time. So you will go into a state, and you your perception will be that you are gone. You are in that state for hours or longer. 
And in reality, when you wake up, maybe two minutes have passed. Think of Inception. When they go down levels deeper and deeper, time slows down exponentially. So if I tend to believe the work of Bob Monroe is very credible, and what he says is very credible. So Musk is looking at physical reality, bandwidth issue. We can only process one thought at a time. And maybe that's true. But if we have the ability to hack the system and go into this time-delayed area of consciousness, then maybe that can circumvent this bandwidth issue. We go into this altered state for two to three minutes and we can absorb two to three hours worth of download time in these altered states of consciousness. There are other things that we can do, but we need to start start meditating. Start figuring this out. If you can go to the Monroe Institute and start taking their programs or download their CDs, you know, you know. again, I don't have any endorsements with the Monroe Institute or anything. I'm not trying to plug them to get money out of this. I get nothing by saying that. I think that's a viable option for us. That's a, another way beyond Elon Musk's if you can't beat them, join them. You know, again, use the networks that are available to us right now to learn what we can about all these things that we're talking about until the system shuts us down. Use what we have. Use the system against itself. If you're listening to this show, the system already knows who you are, what your interests are, and where you stand. Use the system right now to build your teams of seers and healers. We need to do that now. Now, my whole motivation for this show, I haven't even talked about it yet. Ed Riordan. Now, I'm going to give a teaser here. I want to talk a little bit about his findings. I'm only going to scratch the surface of what he found and what he did. I, I'm working on something big that's going to dive into this, his data, a lot more in a lot more detail. So stay tuned to future shows. I have something in the works. But I, I want to highlight it. I'm going to share some of his stuff. So he's a remote viewer. I believe he went into this target blind um, initially, and he was viewing QAnon. And he, he, he says, look, I wasn't familiar with who they were. I wasn't familiar with what they were working on. And he's getting more and more concerned with the data that he's coming up with. Now, they're unverifiable targets for him at this point. But what he's saying corroborates I swear I'm listening to him talk and I'm going oh my gosh the guy must be remote viewing my mind you know sometimes my imagination sometimes just the, the analysis that I'm trying to do and I almost get a point of frustration you know high anxiety when somebody else starts spitting out what's in my head it's it's almost like this overwhelming like yes oh my gosh that's what I've been thinking about that's what I've been talking about so he starts viewing these targets and he he produced I think seven or eight sessions that are out there and they keep getting weirder and weirder. And the picture that he paints is, I think he saw Antarctica at some point. He sees a remote facility and he's looking at high technology and he's looking at nanotechnology. Now go back, what, three, four weeks ago, we talked about nanotech and the food possibly altering our bodies already. He's talking about 
a great change that's coming on humanity. And he says, I feel like I'm in the future. It's not, it, it's beginning, it's happening now, but this great change is coming, he says, he thinks in the 2020s. Which is right, I mean, we're 2018 right now. So it's not too far in the future. It coincides nicely, or perfectly, I should say, with when the singularity is supposed to come online. And that's what it looks like he's viewing, is the organization that is working on the birth of this singularity. And he says he sees it coming in waves, like this pulse signal or frequency that's going out and instantly changing everybody. And it sounds like, it sounds like what he's seeing is basically the merging with the cloud, the birth of the hive mind. He talks about the society that's that's working on building this right now. He talks a little bit about the benefactors behind it. And I keep coming back to the show I did a few weeks ago talking about the greys, how they have the hive mind, how I think somehow this AI is connected to the future. The greys, some say, are connected to the future. Now, I, I need to delve into this a little bit further, but somebody I spoke to today, a listener of the show, said that this connects to... Ray, look this up too if, if you get a chance. This connects to the Rendlesham Forest incident. Now, think back to Rendlesham Forest and what happened. The guy uh, put his hand on the craft and suddenly downloads a whole bunch of ones and zeros, binary, right? This, again, this, this didn't come from me. This is from a, a listener of the show. I wish I could take credit for this connection. It's an awesome connection. He downloaded binary into his head, and that binary had some signal. I think it was about, we are from the future. I, I got I to look up what it said. Um, all right, holy shit. I just, I just paused what I was doing, and I, I looked up the Rendlesham Forest stuff. Uh, I'll share this with you uh, in the show notes at, at sixcentsme.net in the newsletter. I want to read some of this. This is coming to us from uh, the rendlshamforestincident.com slash the binary code. So you'll have the links. Uh, I'm going to read some of what they have here as a background if you're not familiar with Rendlesham Forest. And I'm going to get to what the message was that he received. And that's why I'm saying, holy shit. Excuse my language. Uh, in 2010, it was revealed by Jim Penniston that he initiated a download of information when he touched the pictorial glyphs on the craft of unknown origin during his investigation in the early morning hours of December 26, 1980 in Rendlesham Forest. I don't even know if download was a term back in 1980. Okay. Uh, background on how he received the binary code was received and revealed. Uh, he was 26 years old part of the U.S. Air Force Security Police. He invested this craft of unknown origin that landed in Rendlesham Forest. The men with Sergeant Penniston were, that gives their names, um, but only Penniston and Burroughs went into the woods to investigate the landing craft. Capsang stayed near the truck as a radio relay for the men. Um, I'm skipping around here. His up-close investigation of the craft included photographs, measurements, and drawings, which he recorded into his U.S. Air Force-issued Force notebook. He took, I can't even talk. he took special note of the strange pictorial-type markings on the side of the craft. 
These glyphs were logged by Sergeant Penniston. It's got pictures below of the glyphs that he logged. He also touched pictorial symbols etched into the glass-like surface of the 9-foot-by-9-foot black triangular craft. These pictures are pretty wild. When Sergeant Penniston put his hands on the etched symbols, which felt like sandpaper compared to the rest of the smooth-molded surface, everything became a brilliant, bright white. He could neither see nor hear. He was alone in a brilliant, bright white light. <coughs> Excuse me. This occurred for an undetermined amount of time. Then his sight returned. He was standing next to the craft, facing the pictorial glyphs. Again, undetermined. Was he in that focus 15 or whatever state that I'm talking about? No time? The craft started uh, to turn a vivid, bright white color. So bright, in fact, Sergeant Penniston thought it was going to explode. He took a defensive position uh, position nearby as the craft was engulfed in the light. The craft then lifted up off approximately four feet from the ground, maneuvered between the trees, ascended to the treetop level, and disappeared in the blink of an eye. The following day, after touching the main largest glyph, um, back in his room, Jim was, quote, seeing ones and zeros in his mind's eye. Troubled by the revolving, flashing images of ones and zeros he received from touching the glyphs, he felt compelled to write them down in a notebook. Jim records the ones and zeros in his notebook. Upon completing the transfer of notebook paper, the image in his mind disappears. Jim puts the notebook away with his belongings and doesn't think too much about it until the year 2010. In 2010, during a casual conversation with a researcher, he mentions the codes and displays the notebook. The researcher immediately recognizes the ones and zeros as binary code and sets out to help Jim decipher it. Now they have a link to the official decoding of it. I'm going to read that. Um, and there's links. It says, uh, for additional information regarding the Rendlesham binary decode, click the link to professional binary code expert Joe Luciano's webpage. Now, here's what it says. Pages 1 to 16 composite message using my preferred interpretation with appropriate spaces and decimal points. Exploration of Humanity, 6668100. Now, we can have a field day with the 666. The next line down are coordinates, which comes back to high HY Brazil. Continuous for planetary advan. I'm, I'm guessing, question, question, question. Advance, I'm, I'm filling that in. It says A-D-V-A-N. Next line down. Fourth, continue, fourth coordinate, continuate, UQS, CBPR before. I don't know what that means. Then it's got a series of coordinates. That, that correspond to uh, Carassel, B- Belize, uh, Sedona, Arizona, Croat Pyramid of Giza, Egypt, Nazca Lines in Peru, Tao Xiaoku, China, uh, Portara at Temple of Apollo in Naxos, Greece. And then it says, the next line down, Eyes of Your Eyes. Origin, High Brazil. And then underneath that it says, Origin year, 8100. That freaked me out. Exploration of humanity, 666-8100. Now, there's a t- that's a connection, possibly, to the future, exploring humanity 
666, according to the Bible, is the mark of the beast. What if we are that beast? That's what they're exploring. What if we already have the mark? What if we are the beast? What if we... It's a whole, if you've listened to my show, I've said it before. I said, I suspect that we've been created. Let us make man in our image so he can serve us. Why are we creating AI? Why are we creating androids? Why are we creating sex robots? We're creating them in our image so they can serve us. We're trying to replicate the human mind so it can serve us. That's why the gods, according to the religious texts and the ancient texts, that's why they created us. Maybe we are the beasts. 666. Exploration of humanity, 666. Exploration of what was created. Now, the, the advanced whoever of the future are coming back to look at us. Continuous for planetary advancement for what? The seeding of whatever technology they're trying to put in here? The continuation of this experiment, of this project? I, I, I'm, I'm guessing here, but... Eyes of your eyes. We are the eyes, eyes of your eyes. I, I mean, I can go a, a thousand different ways of that, but if you're connected to a cloud, if you're connected to the Internet of Things, they're seeing everything. They're telling you what to see, what to perceive, what to interpret. I don't know. I think this fits. And it may tie into what what Riordan was talking about, this nanotech coming in, this AI taking over everybody's mind, the hive mentality, the grays being from the future, Dr. Courtney Brown's book, Cosmic Voyage, talking to, you know, in his remote viewing session with who he perceived as Christ, saying this is by design, there's a problem that the CDC is trying to address, and there's no way out other than whatever this course of action is, is through the grays, through the hive mentality, the hive mind mentality. True Stream Media has a, a great mini, mini documentary put together with top, I forget who these scientists are, uh, Silicon Valley guys, saying the hive mind thing is not necessarily a bad thing. There's somebody from, from Silicon Valley who's saying, are you going to worship the AI God? AI, let AI be our God. Merge with AI. I mean, this is these are smart people. I don't know if my show made any sense to you guys this week. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, man, do I just sound nuts? It feels right. I don't know if I presented it in a, in a decent fashion, but it feels right. Things are, are connecting. Elon Musk made another statement. i got to find the video again. I just caught it in passing. He says, AI, summoning AI is like summoning the demon. And he, he said, you got the guy with the pentagram and the, and the candles. He thinks he's in control, but he's not. And, and again, I never knew Musk said that, but if, I guess last year or a couple months ago I did the show, AI and demons. They're one and the same, summoning AI and summoning a demon. I said the same thing. There's an old technology here. Is it connected to the future? Are we in some kind of a time loop? Are they replicating it? Or is it just, is this when it actually is born and then it's able to manipulate past, present, future, like CERN, that talk about with the Mandela effect. I mean, there's a whole bunch of loose parts out here. 
I can't process it all myself. I don't I don't have the time or the resources, but through all of us out there, let's let's put this together. It all fits. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm nuts. I don't know. Maybe I need to end the show here. I babbled for 45 minutes as it is. But please let let me know what you think. I, I'm I'm concerned by all of this. But I hope you also take away from this show that there are things that we can and should be doing. Build your team. Meditate. Connect with your higher consciousness. Learn to understand it. I don't understand it yet. Develop your remote viewing abilities. It's not something that I think we should do alone. We should have a team. Teams, multiple teams to gather our own data so we're not relying on the mainstream and to the Stars Academy to tell us what's going on. Have your tasker task you to view the goals and capabilities of what Lou Elizondo is doing. That's what we need to be doing right now to verify this information. Let's explore. And let's be better prepared for this future that I think is coming. And I don't think we need to be as afraid as maybe I was at the beginning of this show if we're doing the work and and preparing in that sense. I'm not saying go build a bunker and buy a ton of food. I think that you should be prepared for disasters because the world is changing. But there's other things I think we can focus on. To How else are we going to address this AI, growing AI threat? Be prepared to unplug. There, there may come a time when you need to literally crumble your smartphone, get rid of it. I mean, it's already gathering all this data it can on us. Be prepared to unplug. Man, I feel crazy saying this, but I, I, sometimes I feel like I'm scared to even say it. Like maybe we are the 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 last resistance of humanity. Maybe we are the new Gnostics. You know, the Gnostics had this information that Christianity was corrupted. That there was a, a corrupt god posing as God Himself, as the this benevolent God. And the Gnostics were sitting there trying to warn everybody about it. And the Gnostics were saying there's there's realities, there's false realities, there's copies of realities. 1,400 years ago, these texts were buried. False realities. They had a different creation story. And yet here we are. Once again. They were shut down. They were they were persecuted. They were killed. Their books were burned and destroyed except for the scrolls that they hid and buried. Maybe maybe we're a continuation of that. And that same force is still out there trying to silence us again. Pass that knowledge on. Learn what you can, my friends. I'm going to end the show here. Please share it. Put it out there to anybody that you think will listen. I really appreciate it. All right. Let me direct you back to SixthSenseMedia.net. Check out the works of Ray Davis. He's got a lot of great content up there as well. He put some stuff up there this week, I think I saw. Check out his book, Anunnaki Awakening. 
you want to get my free ebook, I Am Human, We Are Not Who We Think We Are. If this is overwhelming to you, I think that's a great starting point. It's a free ebook. Just go to sixcentsmedia.net slash I Am Human. You'll get signed up for that. You'll get signed up for the free weekly secret newsletter. As much as I love promoting our social media feeds, there's no guarantee that you're going to see what's coming across your feed because the algorithms are always changing. Sign up for the newsletter. You'll get the content there definitely every Sunday in your inbox. I'm out of time for my friends. I'm fried. It's Saturday night, 10 o'clock. This show needs to go out hours ago. Let me get to work on editing, putting the show notes together. Hit me up with your thoughts on this one. Have a great week. I'm Dennis Nappy II. It's been another episode of The Secret Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning and keep an open mind. Thank you. Oh, my God.